Good morning, everybody, and welcome to worship at Hillhead, wherever we are and however we are feeling on this day. As well as my voice today, we will hear Esan reading scripture, and Rachel will be leading our intercessory prayers. Shortly, Grace will light our candle. We have a range of musicians on our recordings today, as well as Paul, we have Yang Yang, Leo, Freya and Sarah. Our AGM and church meeting will follow immediately after this service. So if for any reason at all you are unable to stay for that meeting or are choosing not to stay for that meeting, please be aware there won't be any chat rooms and there'll be no time for conversations on, on site. So if you're not able to stay, that's absolutely fine. But could you just leave reasonably promptly? Um, family news, just a reminder that Anne is recovering at home following her recent illness. So again, as I've said a few times, if you don't normally contact Anne about anything, then please contact me and I will redirect your queries or whatever it is or pass it on as appropriate. And of course, we continue to hold Anne and Brian in our prayers. Next Sunday morning at 11 o'clock, I will be leading worship, which will be a special service focusing on the work of our BMS partner, Joy Ransom. And just a reminder that that will include some quite sensitive material, so we will not be recording or podcasting that service at all. So if you want to hear what Joy has to says, say, then you will need to make a special effort to join with us somehow or other next week. And then next Sunday evening, Brian is going to be leading a gentle reflective walk that should last around 50 minutes, which is entitled... The Glasgow University Western Campus, a late summer Emmaus walk. And if we wish to go to that, we are asked to gather at the university in University Gardens near the Queen Margaret Union at 6.55. I will remind you of those details again next week. But now it is time for Grace to light our candle. As we gather for worship, let us join together to become the body of Christ. Christ is the light that lights our way. May we glimpse Christ's light this day.
We gather for worship just days after the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Hers was a long life, and a life inspired by her Christian faith. Therefore, it is right that we join with others of different traditions in expressing our thanksgiving for that life. Let us pray. From the 27-4 Prayer Network, these words. King of Kings, we give you thanks today for the life and faith of your servant, our sister Elizabeth. As countless people remember her life and legacy, may we be inspired to live for you in the service for others, for as long as we may live. And from Christian Aid. Faithful God, we remember with thanksgiving and gratitude the life and service of Queen Elizabeth. We have been inspired by her dedication and faith, her commitment to the welfare of our nation, and her lifelong devotion to the peoples of the Commonwealth. As we pray for her family and with our nation, may the integrity of her public service, her concern for the common good, and her steadfast commitment to good governance inspire all those in public office. In the UK, and the Commonwealth, and across the world, to uphold the rights of all peoples in the pursuit of justice and the interests of peace. And we join our voices with those of countless others in the familiar words of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Romans 12, 9 to 16. The Apostle Paul writes, Let love be genuine, hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with mutual affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack in zeal, be ardent in a spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in suffering, persevere in prayer, contribute to the needs of saints, extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Galatians 5.22-25 Again, the Apostle Paul writes, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also be guided by the Spirit. John 14, 15 to 21. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandment, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father. And I will love them and reveal myself to them.
I chose the readings for today's service way back in August because we are super organised. And there is no way then I could have possibly imagined that I would be speaking to these readings in a week when we have seen a transition between two United Kingdom Prime Ministers and two British monarchs. The speed at which the protocols have taken place, many of them being seen for the first time in public, has been incredible, with a curious blending of practices that go back hundreds and hundreds of years with the almost instantaneous reporting events, such as the fact that the Queen's death was announced on Twitter before it was put on the gates of Buckingham Palace. We live in a strange new world. The challenge of moving from the old to the new impacts every single part of our lives. I found myself this week especially drawn to the passage from the Gospel of John, which is part of what is sometimes referred to as Jesus' farewell discourses. The idea that he knows the end is coming and he's trying to prepare his friends for what lies ahead. Now, I don't know what clues his friends may have seen that that was coming. It's often hard to see things when we're very close to them, but they are bewildered by what Jesus is saying to him. They're confused. They don't understand what it all means. And frankly, as I read it, Jesus' response is not the most obviously helpful. He says, I will give you another advocate, another helper. Well, that doesn't sound too bad, except it's not a person. It's the Holy Spirit of God. So invisible, untouchable, not actually usually a voice you can hear. For 2,000 years, those of us who follow in the footsteps of Jesus have called upon the name of that same spirit to help us, to inspire us, to empower and encourage us. But I don't know about you, but certainly for me, sometimes what I want actually is not an invisible, mysterious, supernatural presence, but somebody with flesh on. And maybe that is why God calls us into communities where people with different gifts and skills, different personalities, different understandings of theology and different opinions on politics from different races and in different places can come together to work out what it means to be disciples of Jesus, what it means to do life together. Again, that's fine, but what? Does it mean? How are we supposed to do this thing of being a community of faith, of being pilgrims and companions on a journey with Jesus? Paul, writing to the church in Galatia, comes up with a very neat list of nine attributes which can be described as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the things that emerge when the Holy Spirit is active <laughs> within people, things we may find or at least hope to find in the lives of Christian believers. So maybe it is in each other that the Holy Spirit with flesh on is met. It is in community, as we spend time together, really getting to know each other, really sharing our lives and our struggles and our questions, 
that we begin to discover and develop those characteristics. So here's the truth. I'm not the most patient person in the world naturally. I like to get things sorted and I can get irritable if things don't happen. But in community with others who perhaps need more time to think, who perhaps think differently or process in a different way, God teaches me patience. I hope, as I near 60, I'm a lot more patient than I was at 20. And the same, of course, is true of the other characteristics. How do I learn to be gentle unless I'm among people who are gentle with me? How do I learn to be kind unless kindness is shown to me, but also unless those things are expected of me? Of course, we know that. I'm not actually saying anything we don't already know. As we face a time of careful discernment of the next steps for our church community, in a world where challenge and change and confusion are constant companions, we will need to draw on those attributes to be patient, kind, generous, and so on. And I know that isn't easy. I know sometimes in any relationship it comes down to plain hard work and dogged determination. I know that I'm the kind of person who, when I'm tired or overworked or overstressed, can very quickly become irritable and intolerant. I can be resentful, the very opposite of all I aspire to be. But here's the thing. God doesn't give up on me. And God doesn't give up on us. Rather, God calls us to stay together as a community, to learn and grow with and from each other as we try to follow Jesus and as we develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I think those words from the letter to the church in Rome capture something of just how difficult that is. It could be read as a list of commands, you must do this, you must do this, you must do that. But I wonder if it's more a set of aspirations or encouragements, because it seems to me to ground in very human language what it means to be a community of Jesus followers. In my first year of training for ministry, I worked in a Church of England parish in Moss Side in Manchester. That is an area of multiple deprivation. It is black majority. And at the time that I lived there, it was associated with drug gangs and gun crime. On a Friday morning, I used to work in the community centre that was owned by the church, helping out at a drop-in for adults with additional learning needs. One Friday, I left after doing that, working in the kitchen, making cheese sandwiches and jacket potatoes with beans went home, put on my suit, and walked to the church. In the church was a funeral of a young black man who had been involved in drug crime and had been shot dead. The vicar and I were among a tiny minority of white people in a congregation of Windrush generation African Caribbeans who'd gathered for this funeral of this young man they knew and they loved. Now, an African-Caribbean funeral takes a very long time. So several hours later, after the burial, I went home and I got changed again. 
and I went back to be with another group of people for a social event. And we laughed, and we told jokes, and we enjoyed good food together. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Extend hospitality. Don't think of yourself more highly than others. In one day, in microcosm, and a way that has stayed with me more than 20 years later, I had seen the words of that letter to the church in Rome lived out. Life together is messy. We share joys, we share sorrows, we offer hospitality, we receive hospitality. This is what it means to be the Church of Christ. So what might be God, sorry, what might God be saying to us as Hellhead Baptist Church today? Well, this is what I think, and it isn't perfect, and it may be clumsy, but it's what I have to offer. I believe that God, by the Holy Spirit, is present with us and among us. I believe that God is calling us into a new chapter in our life, which will look different from what we've known so far. And that both excites and terrifies me. I think that God is calling us to build deeper and richer relationships with each other, opening our hearts and our homes in hospitality, taking the risks of deep love and generous sharing. I think that we have very precious treasure to carry with us. I also think there will be things we need to lay down or leave behind. And I am sure that that will require from all of us great patience and kindness and generosity of spirit. I don't think of myself more highly than I do of anybody else. I don't claim to have the answers. I don't have a route map or a clearly worked out vision. But I do believe that in building deeper, more trusting, more open and therefore vulnerable, and more patient relationships with each other, we will discern and discover what God is saying to us about the next stage of our journey. However long that takes, and wherever it leads us. Jesus promised his followers a new comforter, someone who would be with them always, God's Holy Spirit, whose help we invoke now as we sing together, Spirit of the Living God, fall afresh on us. <laughs>
prayer. Dear Lord, it's hard moving from old to the new, from one era to the next. In crossing the threshold in between, so many fears abound. The fear of going wrong, the fear of hurting others, the fear of losing all we have and gaining naught from its loss. But as we travel, help us to remember that we travel with you. Help us to remember that even in the valley of the shadow of death, you are there. Not to remove our fears, but to walk through them with us. As we travel, help us also to remember the two greatest commandments you gave us. Love God with all that we are and love our neighbors as ourselves. In that spirit, we lift up those in the Baptist Union of Scotland and BMS World Mission Prayer Diaries. May you bless all those in them, especially no, especially those named this week with all those that with all that they need to travel forward. We also pray for those in our own congregation, Jennifer, Neil and Jensen, Yang Yang, Antoinette and Spencer, Bayar and family, Talash, Joy, our BMS partner in Nepal, Ade, Moje, Esther and David, Elam, Ali, Benjamin and Bardia. As they and all of us travel forward, help us to do so lovingly and with great grace. Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
So as we reach the end of this part of our time together, a word of blessing. As we travel from the old things to the new, may we do so together in the unity of the Holy Spirit to live and work to Christ's praise and glory. Amen.